0: the conversation welcome to making it last podcast where it's all about helping us to have better relationships not just with ourselves with other people now one of the rela- i'm noreen dahlia and one of the relationships i personally like to talk about is that of a romantic nature and not so much on the positive side but victoria mccue is a narcissistic narcissist divorce coach And she's gonna be talking to us about how one can regain self-esteem after narcissistic abuse. Victoria, welcome.
1: Hi, Noreen. Thanks so much for having me.
0: For somebody who will listen or watch this and they have no idea what that term means. What does that mean?
1: So, you know, it's a it's a term that's thrown around pretty loosely now. Even just a couple of decades ago, nobody really even knew what it meant. But Mm -hmm. Not everyone uh, who's called a narcissist is actually a narcissist. It means that you have to check nine, uh, five out of nine character traits. And only a psychiatrist can actually diagnose a narcissist. But what we're talking about is okay. with very narcissistic tendencies with narcissistic traits. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> we're all on a spectrum. We all have okay. a narcissism and that's healthy. Because we have to have good self-esteem and confidence. So mm-hmm. we have a healthy dose of these kinds of traits of making ourselves a priority of having self-esteem. But when they go too far to the other end of the spectrum, they can become mm-hmm. very toxic to be in a relationship with a person like this. Okay. You're okay. shaking your head like you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well yes to some extent to some extent so all right so how can one then regain
1: yeah so self-esteem? i deal with people who are married to okay people who have these extreme tendencies to the point where it's so toxic that it's unhealthy for them to stay in the marriage um you know it can be very abusive and it's termed narcissistic abuse because even if it's not physical abuse, which sometimes it can be, but even if it's not, it's the level of emotional and psychological abuse, verbal abuse, um, intimidation, control, these things can be very, very unhealthy and detrimental to the point where uh, the the abused, the victim, can actually become very sick. Um, It can lead to all, you know, your body goes into a sort of fight or flight chemical balance when you're being attacked constantly or when you're being degraded or when you're constantly walking on eggshells because you you don't know what is going to set the narcissistic person off so you're you're always in this compromised state and your body physically can't remain in that sort of state for extended periods of time and it starts breaking down our organs
0: before you unpack that a little bit more though what would you then term as even some of these extreme tendencies? And let me let me give you an idea. There are some couples where they constantly have to know where each other is at at, at at a point. And there are some persons who will say, "Where are you, when you're coming home?" all of that bit. How do you know that that is not just somebody making sure you're okay and when it has gone to the extreme?
1: like you said, sometimes they're both like that. So Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is when it becomes toxic to you, everybody's threshold is different. So maybe that works for a couple who both feel the same way about wanting to know all the comings and goings of each other all the Mm -hmm. time. And if they're both like that, maybe that works for them.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm
1: not an advocate of you have to divorce someone if they do any of these things. It depends on what What makes you comfortable, and what makes you feel uneasy? So, if that's okay with both parties, then that's the way they want to live. Now, what happens is when one of the parties becomes overbearing and controlling to the point of the other one feeling like um, they're living in a fishbowl. you know, they can't, they're always having to answer mm-hmm. to the other person, and the other person is so jealous that they're constantly accusing them. know and that escalates that might become a toxic situation where the but it's never one thing when someone has these okay it's not just oh they're worried about me they're checking up on me it usually also almost always spills over into other areas like you can't control any money right Uh. control of any money or you can't you can't have any say over the children Or how they're parented, or what food we eat, or you right, it becomes overbearing. So I think that might answer your question. It's not just I like to know where you are because I worry about you. It's bigger than that.
0: Okay, 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 okay. So we're gonna just go back now to how you were you were just describing. Okay, so when some of these extreme quote unquote tendencies happen, how then can one regain? Self esteem after all of this?
1: Well, the first hurdle is to realize because you're living, you know, in this, this is your reality. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like one day they wake up and they start acting this way and you go, oh, that's not going to work for me. It happens slowly over time. Um, so you don't even see it. Uh, so a lot of times it gets to an extreme point where your self-esteem is so low, but you don't know why you can't even see the forest for the trees, right? Because it's all you know. Um, So the first hurdle, I think, is having someone hold a mirror up for you and say, this isn't normal, this is probably not okay. Uh, And that means that you have to actually talk to people. Narcissists love to isolate their victims so that they don't have anyone Telling them that this doesn't seem normal to them, right? So they're isolated on top of it. It's a recipe for disaster, right? Because you're isolated. You don't see the bizarre world you're living in. Um, You feel sick or horrible or something isn't right in your gut, but you, you don't know what to do about it. It can become very, very hard to break out of. So that's the first step is to realize that there's something wrong and you need to do something, you need Mm -hmm. to change. So to answer your specific question though, the work is about re, I call it reclaim your power. That's the name of But But to do that, you need to raise your self-esteem by doing inner work, exercises, um, things uh, that remind you of who you are the good qualities about yourself because in a narcissistically abusive relationship you're systematically told that you're wrong you're bad you're not good enough you're not worthy you're not smart enough everything you do is wrong everything's your fault and even if you don't believe it intellectually somehow it seeps in and it starts to really wear away at your self-esteem so to undo that negative talk you have to give yourself positive self-talk so that it does the same, it has the same effect. It sort of seeps in whether you believe it or not. So it's about saying affirmations, telling yourself that you are worthy, that you are good, that you are powerful. So by telling yourself positive affirmations daily and with conviction, those positive thoughts start to seep in. So that's the first step. And then there are other things you can do like, recognize the abuse and learn to put up shields to protect yourself from it to recognize it as abuse and not real not reality to try to define what's real and what's not what the narcissist is saying to you what part of it might be real and what part of it is just his or her made up narrative um so that's what we do in my coaching program we work on all these tools that it that are necessary to rebuild your self-esteem and to raise your confidence so that you can make boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then the goal, you know, it's not easy just to divorce a person when you're so compromised, you know, you're not strong enough to think that you can do it. So it's about getting that self-esteem so that you can make those big decisions from a place of strength instead of from a place of fear. I'm Victoria McCoy, narcissist divorce coach. We're going to take a short break to get a word from our partners. Making it last is all I care to do.
0: You loving me, I loving you. Mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. Langdo Language Institute was created to meet your language and communication needs. All of our packages were created just for you. We are passionate about language and dedicated to your success. We offer the CSEC English program, the Study Body program, the Get Ahead with English program and the Business Communication program. Contact us at 767 767- Two eight five zero nine three eight or email us at Lando Language at Gmail dot com because the real question is how can we help you?
1: Photography is an art but more so photography must come from the heart. Precious moments, priceless times. Take a pick and know it will turn out fine. BMC, BMC photography, photography JA, JA. Beautiful, beautiful moments, moments
0: captured. captured. Let's go. You can't live your best life without a healthy immune system. Boost your immune system the delicious way with Zappi's organic juices and punches. Made from local produce with zero added sugar, our juices cleanse and revitalize your body as they boost your natural immunity. Try our delicious flavors, Beat It, Berry Bomb, Get Fresh, Ton Up, and Island Splash. Find us on Instagram at Zappies Organics or call or send a WhatsApp message at one 779 8910 to order today. That's 1-876-779-8910 Zappi's Organic Juices and Punches Live your best life today Making it last is all I came to do You loving me I loving you
1: Mothers and fathers Husbands and wives. Welcome back to Making It Last podcast. I'm Victoria McCoy, narcissist divorce coach.
0: Before you even get to another step though, Victoria, the whole idea of undoing that negative programming, you know, it's, it's easier said than done, especially when it, it has probably been somebody's reality for an extended period. So how can one do that?
1: Well, it doesn't just like the the negative talk didn't seep in overnight. You know, you didn't believe it on day one. It took months, maybe mm-hmm. years, years, of mm-hmm. this to get to to you to this place. So will this take a, t- a chunk of time? Hopefully, not as long as it took to get you here, yeah. but. When you make it your priority, I mean, you know, all change starts with a decision, right?
0: True.
1: You have to decide that this is your priority. You, you And that's the hardest step, is recognizing and, and deciding to take action. So once you set your mind to, I, I was in the same place, so I, I know how hard it is to come to that decision because you're so weakened you're so frail, you're so emotionally frail that it's, you just don't believe. I remember the feeling um, when I was there, I I said it was like waking up and seeing a tidal wave coming at you. It was like, it was so big and so powerful and there was no hope of getting over it that why even get out of bed, you know? It was just too much. So I know how these people feel and somehow, when it's, when you're at the rock bottom, when you're just like, there is no alternative. Staying is not an option. Like, Mm -hmm. staying in this place where I am, I don't mean staying in the marriage. I mean, staying put in this weakened state where you feel like you have no control and you're totally devastated, then it's like, what's the alternative? You have to start making changes that aren't comfortable, that are scary. But it's not as scary as staying where you are.
0: What's yeah, okay. another step?
1: What's another step? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the hard part is not letting the abuse in. Now, it would be great if you could just leave, physically leave the situation. That's not always possible if you have children mm-hmm. um, or financial reasons or whatever. Maybe you have to stay in under the same roof. It's really hard. Uh, that's the worst part when you're trying to heal and it's constantly in your face Mm -hmm. and the more you don't react the more you are not being victimized the worse the abuse gets because they're not getting the satisfaction of that outcome right by seeing you Mm. So then it has to escalate. So it it becomes a really tricky place to be. Uh, So it's about your mindset. Uh, You know, when I'm working with my clients, I try to tell them now if I were in the room with your husband, just because most of my clients are women, I'm not saying that there are not men who suffer the same situation. But uh, if I were in the room with your husband and he said these things to me, what do you think my reaction would be? Nothing. Because mm-hmm. I don't have that open wound. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't, he means nothing to me. I'm not upset. He can tell me I'm ugly, I'm worthless, I'm stupid. I don't believe him. Right. So we start role playing about what that would feel like to be me. And not care about things, mm. right? So little, little tricks like that.
0: I earlier you started out and saying that some of these traits for somebody to really identify that that's how somebody is, it has to be done by psychiatrists. Now there's somebody who will listen and watch this, and they will say, "But I don't have access." To that, so before we even, you know, say anything else, what then would be some of those traits? So somebody okay. listening or watching can actually say, hmm, I wonder.
1: Okay, but it doesn't matter. Just let me start with saying, it doesn't matter if they're diagnosable. It doesn't matter if it's a true narcissist or not. The traits, if the traits are toxic to you, that's okay. what we are talking about. Okay. If your behaviors are untenable. If you okay. you stay in a relationship. You can't stay with someone who is hurting you on this level. I mean, it's equal to if someone were beating you up every day, you know, Uh, it's those wounds actually heal a lot faster than the one that you're getting emotionally and psychologically. That is true. So that's just saying that it doesn't matter if they're diagnosable, but I will tell you the traits are a lack of empathy. That's the biggest one. Mm -hmm cannot and there's no drug and there's no therapy (laughs) this is just how they are now there's some research that's showing it may even be in their dna but i don't know enough about that to even comment but there's research around that they cannot imagine put themselves in someone else's shoes they cannot imagine how somebody else might feel so this is why they can um use their children as pawns and we we can't believe it. We're like, how can you do that? How can you use your own children like that and hurt them so emotionally? Like, but they can't they can't care. They can't understand that somebody else could hurt. They don't understand that. It's it's hard to wrap your brain around, right? But wow. zero empathy. Also a sense of entitlement. They truly believe that they're better and more worthy than anyone else, that they deserve special treatment, that they deserve the best of everything that they deserve to be held in high regard, you know, that they should get the first piece of cake and they should get on the plane first and they should. (laughs) And, um, for no apparent reason, right? Just that they truly think they're special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they have trouble uh managing their emotions they're sort of like a toddler right they're emotionally stunted at a young developmental age so they rage they have meltdowns like a toddler would that you know and i tell people when they get so scared and so upset about the raging we talk about seeing them like they are a toddler as if they're three years old so if you're three year old had a meltdown and threw himself on the floor and was raging, you wouldn't be mad at them that he can't do any better.
0: Right. right.
1: Like what three-year-olds do. So you kind of wait it out, wait for them to get over their tantrum. Same. <laughs> you know, you can't get mad. It's so like, well, that's, that's what narcissists do. That's his, that's the best he can do. He can't do any better. So. <laughs>
0: that that That's that, for word of a better word. That's scary. That's scary, <laughs> but it is what it is. But as, as we we're wrapping up, you've, you've said a lot. And and one of the things that is one of my takeaways from this conversation is the whole idea of really just changing the mindset. But if 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 all you said flew over somebody's head, you know, figuratively speaking, what's the one idea you'd want them to say? Hey, if you got nothing else, this is it that I want you to leave with. What would that be in terms of just how to read
1: yeah. in? That everyone deserves to be happy and healthy.
0: You know, your self-esteem after narcissistic abuse.
1: Yeah. That no matter what anyone else tells you, you can't believe that you're not worthy of having a happy life.
0: Love that. Excellent note to end on. Thank you so much for sharing, Victoria.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: This was Making It Last podcast, it was all about helping us have better relationships, not just with ourselves, with other people. I'm Noreen Daly. Until next time. all like I to do. You loving me. I loving you. Mothers and fathers. Husbands and wives. Sisters and brothers. Friends for life won't live in the past. All I want to do now is making it last.